sins away. Oh, say much I'm glad. From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries right here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, this is Dr. Shelton Smith, and this is Making a Difference. It is Friday already, my friends. How fast this week has gone. Seems like every single day just piles one on top of the other real rapidly. But I've enjoyed my visits with you this week. And we're looking forward now to the weekend, to the Lord's Day coming. And I want to remind you that Sunday is the Lord's Day. And I want to encourage you to be in church when Sunday comes. Get to some good, solid, Bible-believing, soul-winning church. Find a place where you can go, where you can take your family, get in Sunday school, be there for the church service, go back again on Sunday night. And I'm telling you, the benefits and the blessings that you get from being in church on the Lord's Day, Sunday after Sunday, is going to be good for you and your family. You're going to be blessed by it, and I want to encourage you to do it and start this weekend. We've been looking this week at a series of studies based on the word blessed as it's found in the Psalms. We started out in chapter 1, verse 1. The very first word of the Psalms is the word blessed. We found it there where it talks about the godly man and what it means for him to have the blessing that God gives. We looked at chapter 2 and verse 12 that said, the man who trusts in the Lord is blessed. And we've looked at some others. Today, we come to chapter 84 of the Psalms and we're looking at every single time the word blessed is used in the Psalms because we're going to learn about the source of the blessing, the substance of the blessing, and the securing of the blessing. In other words, to whom do we go to get the blessing? Well, we go to God. He's the source. Well, what's the substance of his blessing? What do we benefit from going to the source? Well, these passages tell us a lot about that. And then the securing, that is, how do we go about getting the blessing of God in our life? That's what we've been dealing with all week. And literally next week, I think we'll be doing this same study as we work through the blessed words all next week. So please stay with us because we're going to have a good time doing this. Today we look at Psalm 84 and beginning to read in verse 5, here's the word, blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are the ways of them, who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well, the rain also filleth the pools. They go from strength to strength, every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer, give ear, O God of Jacob. And then there's that Selah word. Now, Selah, I think, just means, well, Think of that. Pay attention here because God has given us something very specific that we need to listen to. I think that's what the word Selah is all about. So he says to us now, the man who is blessed of God is going to be able to get strength. So we're going to talk today about the blessing of God's strength. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee. You know, you and I can flex our muscles and we can boast about human exploits, how high we can jump and how much we can lift. I mean, the weightlifter, I mean, he takes pride in being able to press so many hundred pounds. The home run hitter takes a great deal of pride in how far he can hit a baseball. The marathon runner, well, he's going to run and run and run. I mean, to what seems like an absolutely unreal amount of miles, all of these things require strength. There's no question about it. There needs to be an element of human strength if you're going to be a weightlifter, a home run hitter, a marathon runner, or whatever. But listen, there's more 
to having strength in your life than just what your muscle can do. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. There is a strength that is sourced in the Lord, and it is only sourced in Him. You're not going to be able to get it by getting a loan at the bank. You'll not get it by getting a Ph.D. at the university. You are getting this strength that this passage talks about only in the Lord. And let me illustrate it for you or demonstrate for you how the Lord talks about His strength and His power. For example, in John chapter 1 and verse 12, we learn that the power of God is involved in us getting saved. It says to us, But as many as received Him, talking about the Lord Jesus, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. Now, I emphasize that at this point for a reason. Because some folks have the idea that if they walk forward in a church service, or if they get baptized, or if they pray some prayer that says, Dear Lord, I want you to be good to me, or whatever, if they do something like that, they have the idea that somehow everything's just good with God. What we need to understand is that we need to receive the crucified and risen Christ by faith, put our trust in Him, risk our time and eternity on Him, and when we do that, He regenerates us and gives us power to actually become a member of the family of God. We become children of God, Galatians 3.26 says, by faith in Christ Jesus. And that is done by the power of God. We learn that over and over again in the Bible. God empowers us. I look at a passage like Romans chapter 1 and verse 16 that says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So here again, the gospel is powerful. This is God's power that enables us to get into the family of God. That's the good news of the gospel. The matter of God's strength is demonstrated very clearly in getting us saved. Now, in chapter 1 of Acts, we learn after that we're saved, verse 8 says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. What this is telling us is that a Christian can go near at home or go abroad to some distant land and can be effective in proclaiming the gospel and witnessing for Christ because the Spirit of God has anointed them and given them power. That power is what we need every time we hand out a gospel track, every time that we preach a sermon, every time that I come on this broadcast, every time that we do any kind of a witness or a testimony for Christ, when we proclaim the great truths of God's Word in a Sunday school class or wherever that we're going to do that. We need the power of God in our life to do that. So what I'm telling you, dear friend, to get saved, God's power is involved. To be a witness and a testimony for Christ like we should, God's power is involved. Not only that, but if you're going to live the clean, holy, godly life that you should, you're also going to need God's power. And he tells us very clearly that his strength, we're talking about his power, his might, his authority, it requires us to consider how we're going to go about this. We have to consider the source. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. That is the Trinity of God. Now, you may say, well, somebody told me there wasn't a Trinity. Well, the Bible says there is. 
You read the last chapter of Matthew 28, and you'll discover very clearly the Bible talks about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Well, what are we talking about when we talk about the triune God, the Trinity of God? We're talking about omnipotence. I mean all-powerful, not just mighty, but almighty. No limits on His power. He is not only the God of the impossible, but listen, He takes the impossible and makes it possible because of His mighty hand, because of His power. And we can use that. We really can. We look back in time to the Old Testament, and we read about creation. How did that come about? It came about by the power of God, dear friend. We look at the occasion where Moses took the Israelites across the Red Sea on dry ground. Well, how did that happen? How did the sea part? How did they get across on dry ground? Well, I'll tell you again, dear friend, that was by God's power. We look at God feeding the Israeli nation, tens of thousands of them out in the wilderness there for 40 years. How did that come about? By God's power. You read in 1 Kings about Elijah calling down fire from heaven and lighting up the altar even after it had been water soaked. How did that happen? It was by the power of God. There are many such instances of his mighty power, his miracle power, when you read the Old Testament. But now let's get right down to where you and I live today. We have the privilege of seeing his power work in our lives. We have the power of prayer, for example. Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8, that if we had asked and seek and knock, we could be sure that God would hear our prayer and that we have access to heaven. So you and I ought to ask and keep on asking. We ought to seek and keep on seeking and knock and keep on knocking. We get things from God when we ask. Just like we read in the New Testament, the prayers that God's people lifted up to Him, you and I can lift up prayers to the Lord as well. I've already talked to you about the power of the gospel. And listen, when the gospel is given, somebody sometimes will say, well, this person that lives down a certain street, they're a very mean person. That's no problem. Now, I mean, we don't want them to be mean, but if they are, what do we do? Well, the power of God will work to change that. You say, well, the person is deep in sin. That's not a problem. Well, yes, it is a problem, but it's not a problem with God. God can deal with that. You say, oh, but they're very hostile. I'm going to say again, it's not a problem. Well, yes, it is a problem. We don't want them to be hostile, but when they come to Christ, when the power of God is unleashed in their life, that hostility will go away. So you and I should never fear faith when we go about the business of telling others about the Savior. When I stand up to preach in a church somewhere across America, or when I get in front of this microphone and begin to talk to you, and so many of you that listen to me in various places across America and around the world, listen, if you've got an alcohol problem, the Lord God will receive you and clean you up and get you free and get you past that. Some of you may have a drug problem, and if you do, I'm telling you, the power of the gospel, the might and the power of God can free you up and get you clean again and get you past that drug problem. I may be talking to somebody that's living a very immoral lifestyle. If you've done that, it has baggage. No doubt it carries a weight with it. But I'm telling you, you come to Christ, you let the Lord work in your life, and He will indeed help you to get past that and get back to living the right kind of a good, godly, clean life. It's the power of the Word of God that enables all of that to be done. Now, you say, can I trust the Word of God? The Bible asks the question in Psalm 119, wherewith shall a young man cleanse his way? And the answer is given immediately in verse 9, where it says, 
by taking heed thereto according to thy word. When we listen to the word of God, God empowers us and provides cleansing and cleans us up and enables us. Psalm 119 verse 11 says, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. When we take the word of God, take it in seriously and honestly and consciously, deliberately accept what God says, then we're in position to clean up our life and get things in place like they ought to be. We turn our life over to the Lord. Let the Spirit of God guide us. And when we consider what we're talking about today, the blessing of God's strength, we're talking about an enablement that is beyond our muscle. It is beyond our money. It is beyond any manipulating that we would ever do. It's beyond anything we might try to do that would make a difference in our life. We just cannot pull this off by ourselves, but God Almighty can help us to do that. And when you and I have God's strength, We have the strength to say no when we need to say no. We have the strength to push back when somebody pushes us wrong. We have the strength to stand whenever there's something for which we ought to be standing up tall. We have the strength to withstand when the pressure comes day after day after day. We have the strength with God's help to stay clean in a world that's as dirty as it can be. We have the strength to steer clear of all kinds of things and places and persons who might drag us down. It will give us the strength to stay true when all kinds of falsehoods are being perpetrated around us. It'll give us strength to lead our family. It'll give us strength to be a kind, considerate, hospitable person. It will give us strength to witness for Christ and to proclaim His truth. Folks, the strength of God, what a blessing it is when I read in this passage, blessed are they that dwell in thy house, they will be still praising thee. You hang around the church house and you'll find that the good things of God do come in great measure and we have his strength. And then it says, blessed is the man whose strength is in thee. We have that promise of God's strength and coming to church, being a part of the things of God enables us to have the strength we need because God is good, he's gracious, and he will gift us his strength right along the way. Well, it's a joy to be with you. I hope that you'll be with us again come Monday. In the meantime, be in church on Sunday, and we'll look forward to seeing you back here. But do write to me. Let me know you hear the broadcast. I'd be delighted to know where you are and what station you listen to. So write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. And we look forward to hearing from you. Be sure to join us again on Monday. Until then, God bless you. Have a good rest of the day and a great weekend. Goodbye for now.